Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Man, <laughs> JR. B Day Boy. <laughs> yeah. Man, I feel like money. Man, I feel like money. All right, welcome back to Draws and Fades, episode 82, preview of the Century Tournament of Champions at the Kapalua Resort Course on the island of Maui in Hawaii. I'm your host, Owen Vrabel, joined by my co-host, Matthew Miller. What's going on, guys? Welcome back. And producer Nick Boss. What's going on, folks? It's great to see you guys and let everyone else see us, too. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. PJ Tour is back. So are we. I'm excited to get uh, golf betting back in our, to our lives after the holidays. And as Boss just mentioned, we are going to be posting this on YouTube as well. So we're going to start a new YouTube channel at Draws and Fades. We'll post our link on Twitter as well so you can get there that way. Um, but yeah, let's start off 2022 with some winners, huh, boys? Yeah, I like the sound of that. Beautiful. Um so, I mean, it's been a little hiatus. We have not had a tournament. Obviously, the Hero World Challenge was a few weeks ago. We had the QB shootout uh, shortly after that. But first tournament of the year, and we'll be previewing the course at Kapalua. Um, we'll be getting into the 40-man field. Criteria for, you know, qualifying for this event is pretty simple. Win an event the year prior, and you're invited to the Tournament of Champions. Last year, a little bit different due to COVID, hence Harris English winning his first tournament in years. Um, but Rory McIlroy is really the only notable guy not to make the trip to Hawaii and Xander got a exemption invitation this year for winning at the Olympics. So those are really the only little snippets there in terms of the field this week. Um, we'll give you guys what we think will work well here this week. It's typically a birdie fest, a lot of winning scores, 20 under or better for all these elite golfers this week. Um, so we'll go through the odds list. We'll give you our thoughts on the top of the board, mid-range and long shots, and give you our picks of the week, as well as some thoughts on top 10s, top 20s, and first-round leaders. As always, you can give us a follow on Twitter, at Owen underscore Vrabel, at Matty Mills 85 and at Draws underscore N underscore Fades. And also, if you're looking for some additional content, specifically in the DFS space, check out our buddy Spencer Aguilar at TF at T Off Sports on Twitter. He had us on his Be The Number pod yesterday. So go give that a listen as well. Um, we're not usually in the DFS space. So I don't know how seriously you want to take our input there, but we do know golf and we do know what we like. So that was uh, definitely an entertaining show for us. 
Um, yeah, it turns out we uh, picked some high ownership individuals. We did do that. <laughs> you know, we're apparently, you know, on the same page as most of the other DFS players. <laughs> yeah, well, we were a little chalky, and um, we, we had to, you know, negotiate some of our thoughts and pivot a little bit. But it's one of those weeks, too. I mean, with DFS, we're not, you know, privy to a lot of the ins and outs of that and how the ownership projections work and how you kind of go about making your lineups that way. But in a 40-man field, regardless, I mean, there's going to be plenty of people that are on the same guys. Um, so similar to your outright card, don't be worried about getting mushed this week just because a lot of guys are on someone that you're on this week. There's only 40 guys, and, I mean, we'll get into some of the previous winners here. There are a bunch that are in attendance this week, but you see a lot of the big names winning here. Um there definitely is multiple ways to win this tournament. It's not like a specific type of golfer, but I mean, Harris English did win last year uh, 25 under in, in a playoff over Neiman. Um, and then JT's won here twice. DJ's won here twice. Xander, Spieth, Reed, um, even Zach Johnson, Steve Stricker, Jeff Ogilvy has a few victories here. So there's a lot of different types of player that can get it done, but end of the day, they're definitely going to be, it's going to be a tough tournament to win. It's a birdie fest with the elite players in the world. So um, we'll see how we feel about the odds list. That's usually where we start to figure out where we're going to end up making plays this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, unless you guys have anything else you want to chat about, I mean, we'll give our thoughts on, I mean, obviously who we're going to take, but we are at Kapalua. Um, it is known as quite the easy track. Um, really the only defense is really the wind, which hasn't been too prevalent in years past. I know they're trying to make it more difficult, but um, you're going to have to make a lot of birdies this week, Matt. So what are we working with at Kapalua? Yeah, we're at the Plantation Course, par 73, 7,596 yards, Bermuda Greens. Um, it's the only par 73 on the PGA Tour. So that's something a little bit different to start the year. We have only three par threes this week. 11 par fours, four par fives. Um, as you mentioned, very much a birdie fest. Um, five of the last six winners finished minus 21 or better. So the wind is the only defense the course has, like you mentioned, but we only really saw that um, back when Justin Thomas won at minus 14. It doesn't look like there's so much wind this week, so I think we're looking at another birdie fest coming up. Never trust the weatherman, though. We know that. Yeah, very true. That's a fair point. Um, we never trust him. So, a little bit about the course itself: it has wide fairways and large greens, so some of the easiest on tour to hit, um, and a lot of elevation changes. So, you look at the yardage; you see almost 7,600 yards, which looks extremely long. But when you take into account the elevation changes, a lot of the tee shots are actually going downhill, which makes the ball, you know, roll out further. And the fact that there's only three par threes, it doesn't actually play as long as the yardage indicates. Um, the last par five is like 670 yards and guys are getting there in two because of the rollout off the tee. So I think distance is going to be an advantage this week. And because you have four par fives and they are all scorable, I think Par five scoring is going to be big this week. Um, and then Bermuda Greens, I think, you know, you noted last year Harris English won. He gained over six strokes putting. There is different ways to win this event. And ultimately, in a birdie fest, you're going to have to make putts. So it could very well come down to the hottest putter. We've seen Patrick Reed win this event before. Another very good putter. He's not the longest guy off the tee or the best ball striker. So there's different ways around the course. But I think I'm going to look for 
Distance over accuracy off the tee, since the fairways are so easy to hit, it doesn't really matter if a guy's accurate off the tee or not because most guys are going to have no problem finding the fairway. Um, approach will be key because big greens, you're going to want to get it as close as possible to the hole. And then I think putting on Bermuda um, obviously is, is going to be huge this week as well. And, you know, avoiding those three putts because you have big greens and a lot of the time, you know, you're not going to be as close to the hole as you want to be. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy that this course is – I mean, it really does set up well for guys that usually have difficulties off the tee. Um, really tough to put yourself in bad situations. There's not even many hazard areas. I mean, there's tons of bunkers, which I guess is another defense. But when you should be hitting the fairway off the tee and the greens are enormous, like you should be going fairway green, fairway green pretty much every hole. So, um, And with the elevation changes, I think – Distance definitely matters uh, to an extent, but also there's, you know, ways that the guys who don't hit it as long could definitely find alleyways to hit the ball a little bit farther. And obviously if you're in the fairway, you should have a shot in, in making the green and regulation regardless. Um, our guys, PGA splits one one had some pretty good statistics on um, what's worked well here over the years. And driving distance is definitely uh, in comparison to what the tour averages in terms of what's worked well here. It's definitely correlated well for the guys that hit it further, but um, putting is going to be huge and strokes can approach. I mean, it's going to be the guys that are giving themselves the best look at birdies that are going to have the best opportunities to, uh, to go low. So, I mean, when I was making my model this week, I definitely was focused a lot on strokes and approach and ball striking and strokes and putting on Bermuda. Um, and we've seen people have a lot of success at this course. So course history, it is coming off a little bit of hiatus, so recent form is kind of tough to gauge. Even if, you know, they played at the, the Hero World Challenge a few weeks back, I mean, they've still been off for a few weeks, had the holidays. There's a few characters out there. You have no idea what the hell they've been doing over the past few weeks. Um, <laughs> so it's tough to gauge maybe even the motivation factor. But um, like I said, we have seen plenty of big names win here. So definitely don't be scared at the top of the board. Um but try to find some value in there. So I think you kind of crushed that uh, course preview there. I think we're in lockstep. It is pretty long, but it doesn't play as long, nearly as long as it looks, because like you said, that there's five par fives. So uh, yeah, I actually did. I did indicate I have uh, strokes and par five in my model as well, which I mean, if you're not birding and giving yourself opportunities for Eagle on these par fives, you're going to be falling behind the field. Um, and it is a no cut event. So, you could potentially have a little bit of a slow day on Thursday and still find yourself with a chance on Sunday. Um, and we obviously have some guys in the field like JT and Xander that love to love to play well in these no cut events. Um, but I mean, let's get into the the uh, list. I'm on DraftKings tonight. Um, we're switching it up. We're switching it up a little bit tonight. We're on DraftKings. John Rom is your favorite this week. We've seen him and JT kind of go back and forth a little bit, but they're right now John Rahm is at seven plus seven fifty, seven and a half to one. JT is at eight to one. And then Morikawa, ten to one, Bryson twelve, and Xander and Victor Hovland at twelve. So six guys, twelve to one or or less. And obviously Rom going off at plus seven fifty. In a typical week you'd be like kind of throwing up at these lines and it is still tough to, to bite a bullet on a number this low in a golf tournament, but only 40 guys. So Matt, did you have any thoughts at the top of the board while we're up here? 
Yeah, um, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. I don't usually like to take guys this high up the board, but on a week like this, I mean, this is now a fifth of the field. So yeah, you can't really avoid the uh, you know top fifth of the board. Well, you can. <laughs> um, I am going <laughs> to take Xander this week. Uh, I saw a fourteen to one on him earlier in the week. Okay. Um, I used to take him a lot. Took a little hiatus from him last year because you know, he hasn't really. Won too much recently, but I do like him this week for several reasons. Um, we talked about it in the opening. I mean, he has distance off the tee. He could play par fives well. He's third last year in par five scoring average. He was 14th in approach, which we talked about being big this week. Then you look at the course history. He was fifth last year, came second in 2020, where he actually probably should have won that event. He three-putted on 18 to kind of choke it away, go to a playoff where he lost to JT. And then he won in 2019, where he shot a ridiculous 62 on Sunday, chased down Gary Woodland. Um, and, you know, in a birdie fest, you're going to need a guy who can put up those rounds where he goes extremely low. We know Xander's very capable of getting hot. Um, and one last thing I like about him, you know, in these no-cut small field events, that's kind of where he seems to thrive. Um, yeah. Three of his four PGA Tour victories come at, you know, no-cut smaller field events. If you include the Olympics, which was his big win this year, that's four out of five. So it kind of seems like this is his type of event. Like you said, the number is not amazing, but I do like him this week. I'm going to pull the trigger on it. All right. Yeah, it is actually crazy that he actually only has three PJ Tour wins. Um, just because considering he's priced as high as he is on the odds list, typically, it doesn't seem like you'd be making much money betting on Xander on a week weekly basis, but picking your spots and hitting them at these no cut events. It seems like the best strategy. So good to see you back on your boy Xander. Hopefully it can play well for you. I definitely considered him because, and I have pivoted in and out of this top of the board range because I really do think that of these six guys, like probably three of them at least will be in the mix come late Saturday into Sunday. Um, but I found myself really liking the mid range better this week, which is not, unlike me, but I still ha had a tough time not going anywhere up here, but I like the Xander play. I obviously thought about JT and it's weird because he really hasn't been great and he's at eight to one. I mean, I get it because he's won twice here. He's played incredible golf here. And I guess, you know, back in early November, he played well at the Mayakoba um, and he played okay to end the year with a couple of fourth place finishes at the Northern Trust and the tour championship. But eight to one, I couldn't really swallow, even though he does have four top fives and two wins here. Um, so he was a guy I considered. Morikawa obviously seems to be him and Rom. There's a chance Morikawa can overtake Rom again this week for number one in the world. He had that chance at the Hero World Challenge before he botched the hell out of that on Sunday, um, which in turn was then botched by Sam Burns. So <laughs> Victor Hovland took that home. But yeah, Morikawa has that on the line. I guess Rom has that on the line too. So I'm sure they're both looking to Rom looking to stay at number one and Morikawa looking to get up there. Did you give any consideration to uh, Bryson? It's interesting because I could see him playing really well this week when you talk about, you know, five par five hitters benefiting. And I mean, I, he's going to smash it off the tee um, with no but, care in the world. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, he's just going to bomb away. You don't have to really worry about accuracy this week. I could see him, like, absolutely destroying the course. But I don't know. He, I, 
he's just not really our guy, to be completely honest. Yeah. Uh, so I'm never really like jumping to take him. And I feel like he's still kind of like hit or miss. Like he could have some weeks where he's just like really bad still. Yeah. So, but he gives gonna... himself so many chances. That's why I, I definitely considered him too. But it's crazy just looking at Fantasy National, looking at the stats that I use. I mean, he's third in ball striking over his last 36 rounds. First in strokes game par five, first in driving distance. And, uh, I mean, he's 11th in strokes and putting on Bermuda. Like, he kind of has all that all together. But it is something with Bryson that can be a little bit of a problem for him is the, sh- the short wedges, you know, the short shots into the green where he bombs one out in a par four and then some guy that's, you know, 75 yards behind him puts it closer than him yeah. in two. So, but I would not be surprised if he absolutely bombs a gouge this place where he could definitely have put up a, v- a ridiculously low round here. So yeah, I'm, worried I mean, about I, Bryson. I'm also equally as worried about Rom. So yeah, I mean, if Bryson's yeah, like you said, if he's on, I mean, I could see him shooting like minus twenty eight and you know just running away with it. But I'm gonna hope that doesn't happen because I'm not on him this week. So hopefully, there's a little bit of a hangover for him and uh, starts off the season slow. Speaking of hangovers, am I drinking by myself over here tonight? Do you uh, you pour yourself any jalapeno wine? I I've uh, pivoted to the white claws actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, good to know. I'm not alone. Um, all right, yeah, I mean, I, boss, do you have any thoughts on the guys at the top of the board? Um, I really – I think we kind of covered them all, besides Victor Hovland, who I think obviously coming off his win at the Hero World Challenge, maybe that's why he's now up here, but he seems like the most overpriced guy on the odds list, at least at the top of the board. Yeah, I kind of – may or may not be playing with uh, pro shop clubs at this point. <laughs> True. <laughs> He has still yet to receive his clubs as of Tuesday night. I have a feeling his sponsor will get him a new set if they need to, although as unideal as that may be. but I'd like a new set. Yeah, me too. I'll take the old ones if they're still kicking around there. Just send them east. It's okay, Victor. Yeah. Um, in terms of the, the top of the board, I mean, I, I kind of did the same thing as you, Owen. I kind of flip-flopped around between a few guys because, I mean, let's be honest, they're all studs. On their day, they can all win. That's why they're here because they won golf tournaments. Yeah. Uh, JT and Colin were kind of the two that I was between the most. Um, but in my pivot, I ended up on Xander with Matt. And it's okay. honestly oh, kind of because, because of the number. I mean, I got I got that 14 as well, Matt. So, you know, Xander at 14, a couple ticks higher than you're looking at JT at eight. And Colin, I think, was at nine when I last saw him. Yeah, he's at um, 10 now. So. 10 now. You know, a couple points better for what I think is – someone who has just as good of a chance to win um, right. and just a good uh, course history there too. So we'll be on Xander right there, Matt. All right. I like that, boss. All right. All right. Well, good for you guys. I'm happy for you. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to join. I'm staying strong, but I do think that Xander's going to play well this week. So I don't think that that's a bad play at all. Um, I think it starts to get pretty interesting in the mid teens and at the twenties. So I'll rattle off a few more names here. Patrick Cantley is at 1400. Sam Burns at 1,800. Daniel Berger at 20 to 1. Cam Smith, Hideki Matsuyama, Jordan Spieth, Sungjae Im all at 22. Um, and then Tony Fino is at 25, and Patrick Reed is at 28. So that pretty much goes all the way up to 30. Um, pretty big group of guys there. But also, I mean, this goes every week, but I'm on DraftKings currently. The numbers, especially in this range, have kind of been floating around and get some better numbers at different areas. We saw – on our local, some better numbers on Sungjae, on a few other guys. Um, even, um, I guess, probably pretty similar to a lot of these now. But 
Um, definitely look around, shop around this week because you could probably find at least a few points better on some of these guys in the mid-tier, depending on what book you're using. Um, but I guess I'll start it off in this tier. I love Jordan Spieth this week. Um, I, it's definitely similar to the Xander theory. You know, Spieth loves playing here. He won back in 2016, runner-up in 2014, third in 2017, and finished ninth in 2018. Obviously, we haven't seen him in a couple of years at this event because he, had, he wasn't winning. So welcome back to the Tournament of Champions, Jordan. It's good to have you. Um, and it makes sense that he's played well here. Um, the you know, His driver isn't as big of a potential issue, hopefully. I mean, unless he's just absolutely crank-hooking them or something. But um, it should be – a non-issue for Spieth. And then he obviously needs to get his irons dialed in. And if he could do that, he's, we know he can get as hot as anyone with the putter. Um, and surprisingly his over his last 36 rounds, he's not in the top 10 of strokes gain putting on Bermuda, but he is 14th. Um, and over his last 24 rounds here, like his individual last 24 rounds here, he's uh, first in strokes gain total. At this at this course, so I like Spieth a lot. Even at that number at twenty two, you know, Spieth's a popular guy. I could have seen him easily down where like Cantlay and uh, at Sam Burns are. Although obviously Cantlay coming off of his great finish to the season and Sam Burns as well. So I just love the order the number with Jordan this week. Pretty excited about it. I feel like this is a, a week where he can just get absolutely explosively hot. Yeah, I mean, I. I think that he certainly like models well when you think about Spieth where he gets himself into trouble sometimes is off the tee he can get a little wayward um but that should be negated this week with wide fairways like you said he can get really hot with the putter um if he goes on one of those magical runs I could certainly see him being in the mix uh my only concern with him and I did bring it up to you before little non-golf related concern he is a new father might be you know, spending quite some time with his uh, new child over the holidays, and maybe he's not focusing as much on golf, coming in, you know, pretty rusty. We've had this conversation before because you did the same thing to me with Harold Varner <laughs> and Ricky Fowler. And to be fair, <laughs> as of right now, you've been right, but that doesn't mean shit, especially with speed. He's, he's like the magic beans king. I feel like he'll be ready to roll with the new baby. He's got a beautiful wife. She's probably taking care of the kid. He's been on the range. And if, for the love of God, I hope he's been on the range because <laughs> he looked pretty bad at the Hero World Challenge, hitting from the wrong tees. <laughs> I mean, was like six over par in an absolute birdie fest. Just atrocity. But um, I'm, I think, I'm I think if we get Speeth back to a happy hunting ground and we're going to be good. Right. That's – oh, so, boss, you're on Speeth. I'm on speed. I'll okay. join you there. I'm just going to keep bouncing between the two of you there. Beautiful. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think that there's enough to say good things about speed this week. And obviously we knew he found his game last year, got a little sloppy towards the end of the year. Um, maybe he was anxious about the pregnancy and now that the kid's here, he's got no worries anymore. You know what I mean? So, hey, that's a spin zone. Certainly a spin yeah. zone. So it is good to have him back in a tournament where you need to win tournaments to get to. So good for Jordan. <laughs> Um, so I'll give it up. I'll give it to you, Matt, um, for anyone else between 18 and 28, at least on DraftKings from Burns to, to Patrick Reed. Yeah, I, um, probably to no surprise, I'm going to take Patrick Reed 28 to one. No surprise. Um, 
he obviously you know had the whole hospitalization last year he was pretty bad after that um i was personally vouching for him to be on the Ryder cup team he played like complete shit for the next two months looked like a pretty good decision by usa they rolled in the Ryder cup that being said he did start to turn around toward the end of last year he came third um at uh, Bermuda and then second at the Hero World Challenge. I actually had a chance in the back nine there. So, you had him there too. What's that? You had him at the Hero World I Challenge. I did have him. I got a little bit excited for a second. And then Victor that was Holland. a whirlwind of an event because yeah, Warren Howard had like a five shot lead, blew it all. Then I had Burns in the lead. I thought I was going to walk in home. And then he five chips on, on the 14th, triple yeah. bogey. Then all of a sudden, Reed was live. And then Hovland chipped in for eagle and yeah all sorts of messy things happen where Hovland won it um but anyway patrick Reed, Reed, well patrick, event. patrick Reed loves it here too yeah i was i was getting to that um he <laughs> has great course history won in 2015 second 2016 sixth in 2017 and second in 2020 so good course history um i will also say when you talk about patrick Reed, he's another guy not really the most, uh, you know, accurate off the tee. He's some, sometimes his weakness shouldn't really have a problem hitting the fairway this week. Um, and when you talk about, you know, kind of the recipe for Harris winning last year and the fact that this is going to be a birdie fest, you need to make putts. Who better than Patrick Reed? You know, he can Jordan get a flat stick. Four of his nine PGA Tour wins come on Bermuda. I'm feeling pretty good about Patrick Reed this week. A lot of guys are on him, but, you know, they're starting to catch on that Patrick Reed is the value on the board. I think that 28 to one is a pretty good number on him. Yeah, no, it definitely is. But that's the thing. It's like you get addicted to betting Patrick Reed because he's always at a pretty good number for whatever reason. I think, I don't know. I mean, I guess metrics wise, like he really isn't as elite as these other guys in terms of ball striking. Um, and obviously his off the tee game can get a little <laughs> ugly, but he's, he's able to make up strokes around the green and also on the green. So I do. I don't hate it, and I definitely considered it because there were even 30s or above on him as well. So I mean, if you got a good number on Reed this week, you, I mean, you pretty much got a good number regardless because I think his win equity at least speaks volumes compared to some of the guys that are even in this range, um, like Sam Burns, who's at the top of this list at 18 to one. My guy Sam Burns, I've been pounding that drum for the whole year, and I think he's going to be awesome this year. But I'm hoping. I don't know if it's going to happen because, I mean, just looking at the way his all-around game has come together, he's pretty pretty elite tee to green, um, and he's awesome on Bermuda. So I think Burns, if he was at a little better number, I would have jumped aboard, but I am going to pivot and get him on the card with a first-round leader play because I do know he can get hot, but I've also seen him completely throw away leads when he gets them, so – I'm going to pivot with a Burns first round leader. Um, and yeah, I mean, he, it goes to speak though, that you're getting a good number on Reed when he's behind even Finau, Sungjae, um, Daniel Berger, Cam Smith. I mean, all guys that have won less than him. Um, but that being said, I do like a couple other guys in this range. Um, guys that I haven't really taken in a little bit. I'm going to go back to Daniel Berger, who has been absolutely phenomenal with his irons. Um, strokes gain approach over his last 36 round. He is first in this field, fourth in ball striking, third in tee to green. Um, pretty middle of the pack in terms of his putting on Bermuda. He's 15th in this field. And 
I just feel pretty good about Daniel Berger this week. He's played here three times, 10th, 11th, and 14th. Nothing crazy to write home about, but similar to Burns and a, a few other guys, I feel like he's kind of come into his own over the past few years and been more of a threat at events where some of the bigger names are there. He hasn't really competed in some of the, the biggest events, but I think it a <laughs> I'm a little bit worried about the Mai Tais on the beach with Berger, and he also uh, – um, he posted a wild Instagram of him just <laughs> laying on the beach and he hasn't had his clubs yet either. I think he just got his today. So hope he's been hitting the range a little bit, but 20 to one. I love this range. I had to jump on board with uh, my guy, Daniel Berger. Yeah. I like Berger. I considered him. Um, just didn't really, you know, have room for him on the card, but I do like that pick. I thought about him a lot this week. I think that he could play well. Um, he looked pretty good at the hero world challenge too. So yeah, he did. Know. And he actually – he probably should have been more involved than he was. He only shot one under on Sunday. So, um, when in a tournament where, you know, guys were going absolutely low on Sunday, he needed to be better than that. But he still ended up with a 14th, which – I mean, he was losing strokes to everyone on Sunday. So, I like that. I guess the only worry with Berger is where his head's been, if he's been just straight vibing on the ocean or what he's <laughs> doing. But – that's kind of what you're going to get this week. You don't really know what to expect in terms of where guys' games are at, where their confidence level is. Um, you taking anyone else in this in this range in the mid tier? Um, not up to read. No, I'm going to go okay. one, one range lower. Yeah. All right. Well, so yeah, I was considering a bunch of guys in this in this area. I actually was considering Finau as well. Um, but, and it's funny because this this course really should set up well for Finau. I mean, he's can be brilliant off the tee. Um, but, and, you know, obviously he hits the ball far. He's not great on Bermuda. He's like 32nd in this field over his last 36 rounds. Not great on the slower type greens. He's, can be a, can be a quite the three-putt machine at times. So <laughs> a little bit worried about that with him. And made a pivot to a guy I was taking a bunch when we first started this turn, this uh, podcast, Hideki Matsuyama. <laughs> it's been a bit. He also loves it here. He has three top fours. Going back to 2015, we finished third, 2017 second, and 2018 he was fourth. Played atrociously here last year where he lost almost 10 strokes putting. So I can't imagine he duplicates that performance. Um, and then the last time we truly saw him was at the Zozo where he, where he won. So coming off a great year, I know our buddy P.J. Tout, uh, John, has referenced how Augusta, um, that the Masters can be, you know, a decent comp course uh, for here kind of some open fairways where you're going to need to get close to the hole and make putts, but he also won there last year. So taking that little spin zone and dunking it. So I think uh, Hideki is very live this week and maybe it's because we haven't seen him in a while, but I think he gets, he gets a little disrespect on the odds board sometimes too. I think win equity wise, he can definitely win tournaments and he's proven that year in and year out. Obviously he's been here plenty of times. So I like Hideki this week and just absolutely hammering the 20 range for my outright card because that's going to be my last outright pick of the week. I like that we've come full circle. You're back to Hideki. I'm back to Xander. Yeah. That's, you know, hopefully that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. It should be a good sign, hopefully. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess, was there anyone you considered here? I mean, people are high on Sanjay this week, which I get, but. Yeah. I, Cam Smith, I even too. Those are the two guys I've seen that people are. are are high on, I think for good reason. They both played really good at the golf last year. Um, but it's another thing to compete and win at the Tournament of the Champions. Well, Harris English did prove that you could do it last year and not be, you know, a heavy favorite. But I think 
I don't know. 22 to one wasn't the best number for me. I saw some guys get 30s on Sunday, which makes a lot more sense. So I got a 33. So there you go. I took it a little bit. I got suckered by the value. Not necessarily suckered because Sunday's a good golfer, but <laughs> you I couldn't resent. I was yeah. I was looking at two different pages and I was like, this number is significantly higher than everything else. So yeah. I'll take a little sprinkle. I mean, he played good in the fall. I mean, he won the Shriners. You yeah. know, he's had a bunch of top tens. He came in fifth here last year, so it's worth a little flyer when you're getting some value on the on the pick there. I like that. I do like that. He was definitely con- in consideration. Um, Cam Smith as well. I think this course sets up well for him. Um, and we're speaking about modeling. Um, I think if you guys listen to this podcast, you know that we do use statistics and we do make models, but we oftentimes slide down the rank sheet even even after we make a model. And that's where I laughed when you said Spieth models that well. He didn't really model out that well for me. He was 19th, but <laughs> I still can resist. So sometimes you just got to read, read the tea leaves. So <laughs> you got to take all factors. It's not all about the data and the models. You got to use the eyeballs sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we'll go over 30 to one on DraftKings. We got a nice, a, a nice grouping here and then we're, pretty quickly up into the 60 to one range, but it's Mark Leishman at 30, our boy Abe answer Brooks Kepka also at 30. And then Jason Kokrak, Harris English, Taylor Gooch all at 35. Um, and this is another range where the prices have been a little bit fluctuating and you can get better numbers here and there, wherever you're looking. So I would suggest doing that if you are going to take one of these guys and I would be lying if I said I didn't consider Abe or Brooks, but I think for Abe, this isn't his. This isn't the best place for him. Obviously, wide fairways, huge greens. I feel like when he has an advantage, it's going to be narrower fairways, smaller greens, where he can kind of pinpoint and get his advantage off the tee, and then go from there. So you know, everyone's going to be playing from the fairway. So you know, don't get me wrong. If Abe's feeling it with the irons, we know he can get hot with the putter as well. So I don't think top tens or twenty plays are out of the question on with Abe. But I couldn't quite get there in an outright, even though I'm kind of surprised I didn't do it because it is not a bad number considering how good of a year he had last year. Yeah, I wanted to take Abe, um, but I agree with everything you said. It's not You're wearing a, the Fletcher Azul hat and everything. I know, I know I am. And the black quail shirt. Um, yep. but <laughs> you know the problem is it's just not really the course for him. <laughs> um we're really going by idiots if he wins. We might have to retire. <laughs> yeah, well yeah. I, <laughs> I don't want to think about that possible scenario, but (laughs) well, when we say it's not really the course for him, he could play well at this course. It's more just like, this isn't the course where he has like an advantage over the field because of the layout. Right. I mean, but to criticize ourselves a little bit, it's like, not like we take Abe at the courses that best fit his game every time anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a fair point, but I would also say like, we have a smaller field here. We got to narrow down the card. Right. It's yeah. There's no room for Abe this week. That's fine. I don't think no, he's going to be mad. Sorry, yeah. And also, I mean, did you consider Brooks? I mean, obviously, I, well, you see, it's similar to Reed where he kind of gets – sometimes slides down the board. I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of crazy, but it is tough to gauge Brooks' interest level. This could just be another vacation for him. So, so yeah, not only did I consider Brooks, I'm going to take him. Um, <laughs> 30 to 1. Oh, wow. Yeah, I couldn't let it pass. I was going to let it pass, but I couldn't. He's 30-1 to in a 39-man field. And so I do have a little bit of a spin zone here. So I get the idea that he's here for a vacation. He doesn't really care. He's pretty relaxed going in. 
But I would make the argument that given where this is in the schedule, he doesn't really have that much of a disadvantage over the field going in with that attitude. Like during the middle of the PGA Tour season, I get it. He's going in relaxed to an event. Everybody else is in midseason form and they're just, you know, lapping him because they're focused. He's not. Everybody is coming off a vacation where they're not really, they're all rusty. They're all, you know, just had the holidays. They're on break. Nobody is in midseason form. No one's played competitive golf for five weeks. I actually think that the gap of Brooks not really being that prepared that week is not that big compared to the rest of the field. So I don't think it's that much of a reason not to take him. And he's now 30 to one up against only 38 other guys. Yeah, that's fair. No, I mean, I mean, it's, it's definitely fair. I feel like anytime you take Brooks at 30 or better, it's fair. Um, he obviously hasn't played particularly well here recently. And we saw him kind of play awful at the end of the hero world challenge, similar to like Daniel Berger, actually worse, but, um, and he didn't finish the season. Well, he didn't start, I guess this season technically in the fall swing, very hot either. But, I mean, he could easily swing that around. I had to struggle to not take him. So I may throw a first-round leader on him as well because I know that would be my worry for not taking him is that if he gets off to a hot start, I think that that mindset kind of changes. It's like, oh, I could win this week. Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing too. It's like it's not like he's going to go out there and like try to not hit good shots. Like I get that he's probably underprepared coming in. <laughs> Imagine- but I think that everybody – yeah, he's not going to just like, oh, let me purposely miss this 10 feet to the left. On the putt, you know, like yeah. gonna be out there <laughs> trying. He's just underprepared coming in, which I think is the case for most of the field this week. That's fair. I mean, probably not. I mean, we're probably not being fair to a, a majority of the guys. I think a lot <laughs> of guys probably do come in prepared, but <laughs> at least for the top guys, we're speculating. We're speculating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's all we can do at this point because we haven't seen anyone in a few weeks. So, I, yeah, I mean, all we can do is create a narrative and run with it. Yeah. I will say I did I did see I, I mentioned this on Spencer's show last night too. Um, that twelve of the last thirteen tournament of champion winners did play during the month of December. Um, I mean didn't and it that the stat is not correlating like how well they played, just the fact that they played either at the Hero World Challenge, that you know, the two man uh, QBE challenge shootout, or I guess there were tournaments in Australia prior to COVID. So um Brooks checks that box. Checking some boxes, yeah. He's checking boxes. That's We do know. forget, you know, maybe that he did get a win in the swing season, that uh, head-to-head matchup where he dusted Bryson. I mean. Yeah, one out of two. Not bad. <laughs> but he mopped him. So. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. And that was, that was actually amazing. We never really touched on that because we haven't really done much <laughs> since then. But he just that was enjoyable yeah. very enjoyable yeah <laughs> especially with phil picking bryson to win and like kind of like trying to hype bryson up the whole time sit down phil yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get we'll get to phil later on in this episode he's well down the odds list but he is here in hawaii <laughs> this week um with that being said I, I this is like we i tried to mention earlier on it's not a great week value wise obviously for top tens and definitely not top 20s unless you go further down the board which i will throw a couple of thoughts out there for, for top tens down the board, but even like top fives in this range, you're only getting like plus 500 plus 400 for Brooks and Abe. Um, a bet I am considering, cause I think this course should set up well for him is Coke rack top 10, which is only plus 200 on, on DraftKings. I'm gonna have to look around to see uh, if I can find a better number anywhere. But I mean, a guy that's an, an absolute bomber off the tee and can drain parts of the best of them. He's fifth in strokes in putting on Bermuda 
Um, sixth in birdies gained over his last 36 rounds. Uh, eighth in driving distance in this field. Like I said, he can definitely put it out there. So I think Kokrak, and obviously we saw him play well at the QBE. Like I don't, I'm not putting a lot of value on that, but he's been playing golf and he's been playing well. So, I mean, his partner is here too, Kevin Nod, which I don't know if we're going to mention him too much, but <laughs> Kokrak is definitely in consideration for a top 10 play. I think the value. What? I think that'll be his only mention of the episode. Kevin Nye is in <laughs> attendance. That will be the mention. Um, but yeah, Kokrak was a thought of mine. And I mean, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to add Brooks as a first round leader play as a little hedge on him potentially going nuclear this week. Um, but other than that, I will say our local book has Taylor Gooch at a 50. So I've considered that considering he's at 35 at most places. So that is tempting, um, especially him coming off a, a nice win uh, not so long ago at the RSM back in November. And, you know, that might be the last, that was the last time we saw him, but similar to Hideki, that's the last time we saw him, he won. So um, does not check the box of playing in December though. So we'll see. <laughs> I, uh, I will say I do like the Kokrak pick. Um, I am, I think I'm going to toss a first round later on him. Oh, don't really He's going like back and forth. A little first round well, later action. Yeah, and uh, but you know, like you said, I mean, he has the ability to go low. He, you know, he's long, checks out the boxes. You know, if he gets out with that putter, I can see him putting up a very low uh, one round. So I'm hoping it's the first, and you know, start off the tournament on a good note. So, but I do like that pick. I think it'll be uh, relevant this week. Nice and also exciting. We haven't mentioned this this week, but it should be. It's supposed to be the first week where ESPN Plus coverage starts. Um, oh, are they doing this week for the PGA Tour? Yeah, I saw that. So okay, I'm cool. hoping that's true because especially in a smaller field, you can get pretty pissed off at the PGA tour for there's not that many groups out there and you're still not seeing all the shots. There'll be much more options this year, which I'm pretty excited for. We'll see how ESPN handles it, but I imagine it will be much better than last year's coverage. So when you're taking a guy like Jason Kokrak, who is not a fan favorite per se, (laughs) except for his family, like he's, you might see him more. So, um, which is good. I could, I could be wrong, and I probably am because I really haven't looked into this, but I think the ESPN Plus coverage is just the feature group until the like um, Golf Channel coverage picks up. I hope I'm wrong because – Yeah, I don't I don't know. I know the Golf Channel is what starts at 6 p.m., but it's like Hawaii time, so I didn't know what time the tournament actually started. I can't do that calculation from Hawaii to East Coast. So I didn't know where if they just had the full thing on there or – um <laughs> first of all say hawaii again hawaii <laughs> <laughs> the first time you said it was a lot funnier um yeah i mean it's it's five hours behind east coast time so for us it's eight twenty-seven right now it's three twenty-seven in hawaii so we're going to be getting um primetime golf which is nice uh and it's going to be beautiful there it's going to be 15 degrees here so depressing but also you get to watch golf at night so maybe you know pick up your mood a little bit um but yeah i'm hoping to see more players than we typically would obviously not that many guys in the field so hopefully they get that together we also have been a big harris english proponent on this podcast but i would be pretty shocked if he went back to back um yeah and we also started to dabble back into him and tried to <laughs> not care about him getting rid of that putter grip that he was using for years and now he can't putt. So, yeah, well, which is especially concerning because the way he won last year was just putting the lights out. Right. So, yeah, I, sorry, Harris. I'm not back on this week. Yeah. 
Yeah, although he, I guess he did – well, he missed a cut at the RSM, but he did he did gain a stroke putting. So, <laughs> it's much better than his performance at the Shriners where he lost six strokes putting. So, maybe Harris yeah, – I'm pretty sure that was the week that I said that the new putter grip will not have an effect on his putting. You did say I that. Did. Yeah. Yeah. It very much did. Well, it might, maybe it's something else. could be something else. Golfers are finicky. Who knows? <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I said, it goes over – Third, from 35 to 60 on DraftKings, at least. Maybe you could find some better numbers in that range, maybe some 40s and some of the guys we just mentioned. But uh, we are going to mention Kevin Na again. He is at 60 to 1. <laughs> and then we got Seamus Power, Billy Horschel at 70, Siwoo Kim, Max Homa, and Cameron Champ at 80. And then we're over 100 into the bomb sauce of this uh, board. So, I, like I said, my outright card is done, but – I mean, in a 39-guy field, I don't. it's definitely not crazy by any means to kind of throw a dart or two out there if you have some spare change and you want to get a little frisky. But did anyone stick out here for you, Matt? I mean, obviously, we're, we love Homa. Um, even Siwoo, Billy, we, you know, we love a lot of these guys, but it's going to be tougher to win this week. Yeah, I considered Homa, actually. Um, I think I'm going to go with the top 10 on him, plus 320 on FanDuel. I don't know okay. if better. I'm going to go top 20. Minus one ten. Okay. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think that's pretty. It feels safe a little too. safer. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You have to feel 10, max. Yeah, top ten's tough. I mean, you got a stacked field up top, but um, I do like the way it sets up for him this week. He didn't have a great appearance here. His only time here, he came twenty fifth, but um, he's starting to become actually a pretty good golfer. Um, he has three wins in his past three seasons. I don't think that he's now just like, ah, oh, he won that one tournament. He has two now, like, pretty big wins. He won at Quail Hollow. He won at Riviera. It's, like, pretty good field events. So I think that he's still kind of getting disrespected in the odds list. Um, he's a long yeah. hitter. He was 13th in par 5 scoring average last year. So I think that Homa's maybe a bit overlooked and undervalued this week. Um, so top 10, it's going to be tough for him to get, but I, th- I think that he's going to surprise some people. And I'm going to take a shot. Plus 320, pretty good number there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty middle of the road with a lot of his metrics over his last 36 rounds in terms of approach, ball striking, tee to green. Uh, but he is good on the par fives. And like you said, he definitely can put it out there. So he should give himself some nice looks this week. It's just kind of if he can make enough putts. So I, I'm going to take the top 20. I do think he gets a little bit of disrespect and a minus 110 on a guy who I think should not easily, but he should cash a top 20. So let's do that, Max, please. Um, <laughs> Other than that, I didn't consider anyone else in this range for a prop bet or anything like that. Uh, <clears throat> I know people are high on Seamus Power. Um, he's He played great last year, obviously. Being in this field is impressive for him. Um, so, did you have any other thoughts before we get into the, the real bombs this week? No. Uh, no, right. I, didn't, I didn't really love anyone else in this range. I mean, we like Horschel, but uh, it's – just with the size of the field, it's tough to kind of find a play on some of these guys because you don't get good value in the top 20 and it's tough for them to come top 10. Right. Yeah. So we'll get into that because I do have a top 10 thought that's all the way down here and a potential <laughs> first round leader thought down here too. But over 100, Joel Damon is at 100. He was at better odds earlier this week and he actually may be at different prices on different boats. Yeah, you can get him at 120 on FanDuel. Okay. Uh, Higo at 110, Brendan Grace at 130, Lucas Herbert at 130, Cam Davis at 130, and then Kisner and Phil Mickelson also at 130. And we'll just go all the way down the board here. Eric Van Royen, 
completely forgot he won a tournament at 140. Matt Jones at 140. KH Lee, Lucas Glover, and Stuart Sink rounded out. KH Lee and Lucas Glover at 150. And then old man Stuart Sink down there, 201. <laughs> so, I mean, in a 39-man field, it is kind of crazy to see golfers who won golf tournaments in the previous PGA Tour season being over 101. But so, like I said, and our, our guy, Joe, um, at, what's his uh, Twitter handle? Torpex. Um, he loves the, uh, yeah, Torpex. He loves the lunchtime long shots. He, you know, mentioned a few of these guys, but um, it's not going to be easy for any of them to do it. But that being said, I like Joel Damon this week, and I'm going to take him top 10 at plus 400. Um, he's not, like, he's not crazy at really any aspect of his game, but he's very well-rounded. Um and actually, a stat that was kind of surprising me, I didn't turn it into any specific yardages, but in proximity over his last 36 rounds, he is first in this field, um, and eighth in birdies gained, 14th in both approach and ball striking. He's definitely not going to be one of the longest guys here, but I think, again, similar to even Reed and Spieth, where he's not uh, going to be at a disadvantage necessarily off the tee because he should be in the fairway, and hopefully he can find some of those speed tracks. Um, so, yeah, I like... I like Damon this week, and I'm hoping to catch lightning in a bottle for a little top 10 at plus 400 because, like we mentioned, that you know that's about as juicy as you're going to get for a prop this week. Yeah, I could see uh, you know Joel with the bucket hat playing well in Hawaii. This is kind of seems like his type of event. You know, he's on yep. an island. He's he's feeling himself. Um, so I don't hate it. Could be a little Mai Tai problem for him too, maybe with Homa and the boys, but. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't really love that him and Homa are there together. I think they're kind of like boys and go back and forth. So hopefully they stay focused this week. Well, if they're both playing well, that'd be good. Yeah, they need to both start off well. Otherwise, yeah. we could be in trouble. We could be in serious trouble. But, yeah, that's my last prop that I'm really locked in on right now. Um, I do have a long shot first on leader down the board, which may be surprising to people, but – do you have any other thoughts at the end of the board here? Yeah, I'm going to take a top 20 on Phil. Okay. I'm going to take a first-round leader on Phil. Yeah, I, I <laughs> might be on board on that as well. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's just a complete wild card. I I don't know what to expect, but he's so far down that in like a 39-man field, I feel like I had to do something with him. Yeah, yeah he's the defending PGA champion. He right, and that's, all his, that's been his comeback on Twitter for basically everything. He yeah. won the PGA. Well, and also, I mean, when you think about him, he just now hits bombs. And, like, you know, this is a pretty forgiving course in terms of the fairway. He's going to be pretty good off the tee. It know? should you play a lot like a like a Champions Tour event. Senior yeah, tour. where he cleans so, up. So, yeah. I mean, the I field's going to be a little different, but. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Stuart Sink is setting the tone pretty comparable to the Champions Tour. Yeah. Wait, let's not. I don't think he's that old yet. He's pretty old, but <laughs> you didn't introduce him as uh, old man Stuart Sink. Yeah, no, that's my bad. Yeah, sorry, Stuart. Well, how old are you? Like forty something? He's forty eight. So yeah, he's getting up there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think in terms of value, there's Phil can definitely get hot and shoot you know eight or nine under maybe on Thursday and win the first round leader. That'd be awesome. But I'm not certainly not expecting that. It's going to be a low, low leverage play. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny because I don't know if there's there's really no one that you go to and that you really trust down here for, you know, guaranteed to put up a good performance. But um, 
I think Brendan Grace, Cam Davis could both play well this week potentially. Even I, <laughs> I'm not going to do it, but I like Lucas Glover props. I was looking at unfortunately. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You haven't you haven't got off Glover yet. We're going back to our roots, boys. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. Although you, I actually feel like it would be fair, you hit on Glover live during that tournament when he won. Yep. And I actually drunk mm-hmm. bet on Eric Van Royen when he won live. So I feel like it would almost be fair that we like pay it back and take them for like top twenty or something. All right, I could <laughs> pay it pay it forward. Yeah. Pay it forward, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's it's not going to be good. He's plus plus five fifty. I mean, yeah, he's plus one thirty for a top twenty. Plus one thirty. Yeah. yeah, like I'm with saying, ben he's only Ryan. plus five hundred for a top ten, which is insane. He should definitely be like. 1, <laughs> but this is where we get off the rails sometimes. <laughs> Just a suggestion. Yeah, I mean, I would be so. I mean, if this is a regular tournament and I looked at like Lucas Glover, like ah, and then he's like twelve to one to be top twenty. Now we're talking. But what is the top five? Like five to one. Oh, five. Oh, top five. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> top five. He's plus. T- he's 20 to one top five. Wow. That could be interesting. That's like an hour right for you. Yeah. Don't get, don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if that ends up happening, but I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> but I guess we could get into a little recap here. I hammered the the 20 mid-tier range with Berger, Spieth, and Hideki between 20 and 22. I'm going to take top 10s on Kokrak and Damon and a top 20 on Homa and then first-round leaders on Burns, Brooks, and Phil. So I actually kind of like that card the way it came out because I didn't know what to expect when I was looking at this uh, event. So a little bit fuller than maybe I was expecting, but not bad. I could have gone way more off the rails. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty tame. Bravo. Uh, I am going to go outright with Xander, Patrick Reed, and Brooks. Um, I think I'm going to take Xander for a top five, too. He okay. is plus 210 for top five. Not great, but I spent top five each of the last three years here, so I think he's going to play pretty well this week. I'm going to take Homa for the top 10, plus 320. Phil, plus 200, top 20. And I'm going to toss a first-round leader on at least Kokrak and Phil, I'm considering um, Homa in that category as well. Yeah. And then um, if you do indulge in Lucas Glover, I'm agreeing to throw an Eric Van Royen prop in there. So it's a sacrificial lamb. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) I mean, all right, let's not. (laughs) (laughs) Give some money back to the golf gods. I hope you give us a win. (laughs) Jeez, show a little respect for him. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm actually surprised. I totally forgot about that Van Royen live play that you had, too. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, and what happened was actually it wasn't even televised. It was when Abe Abe won the WGC, right? And my phone oh, right. died, and I was I didn't even know what happened. And I woke up the next morning, and I like had to charge my phone, and um, I had to Google like I just typed in Eric Van Roy, and I'm like, please let this be like good news. And turned out he won, so it was a great like, <laughs> early Monday morning wake up. Yeah, you can't beat that. You cannot yeah. beat that. Um, so boss, you're taking Xander and Spieth. Um, we adding anyone else in there? Oh, Sungjae at 33 as well. Okay. I'll probably take, I, I'm gonna, I'll be, I'll jump on the Phil first round leader train, take the wild card there. I like that. Uh, I'll probably add another guy or two. Um, but I haven't really uh, narrowed that down yet. So, Kokrak, thoughts appealing. 
might do speed. See if he drops the magic bean straight out of the out of the you know gates. Right out the gates. All right. So we'll all right. See. All right. I love it. So episode eighty two is in the books. Um, again, check us out obviously on your podcast feed as well as we shall be on YouTube this year. So it's exciting. And subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel. Get oh, the yeah. subscribers up. Tell your friends. Like, like and subscribe. Review. Subscribe. Review. All the good Leave things. Leave a review. Leave Please. a far, five star review. Yeah. <laughs> Please. All right. All right. See you guys next week. Let's do it. <laughs> Later.